Chicago. Welcome to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. I'm your host for the next hour. Excited to be joining you live Thursday, November 14th, 2019. Or honestly, whenever you listen to it. Today's on the show. Today on the show, we will discuss uh, Disney Plus, Earth's natural resources, more pointless demands for the whistleblower's identity, and in pop culture, we talk about sports. Actually, the best sports policies that we should pass right now. And we need to talk about sports because last week's pop culture was just so nerdy. I mean, talking about the Groot part of Thor's hammer is responsible for the rise of Thanos. I mean, we're just, we were just comic book nerding out last week. So I thought, you know what? Let's man up this week and talk about sports in our pop culture section. And might I say, I haven't talked about it since the first episode. Man, that song, Black Keys, Get Yourself Together, so good. Gets me pumped up every time right before the podcast. We have such great rock and roll music, and then we get in here, and it's like you know, current events and stuff. All right. Show plugs. Oops All Topics is broadcast to you live on 99.1 WZQC, The Q. You can also listen to Morton College Radio on the TuneIn app. Email the show at oopsalltopics at gmail.com just for just about anything. You can tell, tell us about some weird science, uh, what you want to hear in pop culture sections, or uh, uh, if I have any errors and omissions. Follow or direct message me on Twitter and Instagram at TheJedger, spelled the way it sounds. Follow, share, and download the podcast at oopsalltopics at podbean.com. And finally, subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, search my name first, and then uh, maybe Oops All Topics. And t- uh, most of the time, I have an Oops uh, exclamation point. So, but it's on there. I mean, I've listened to it on the. Uh, I've done some air checks uh, from Apple Podcasts myself. So, anyways, uh, errors and omissions from last week's show. I messed up the name of the uh, of the Celestial from the Doctor Strange twice. I was so upset at myself. You can hear in my voice. But anyways, that was the ancient one. The ancient one is one of the Celestials that's uh, keeping Thanos at bay before Avengers Infinity Wars. And here I wanted to be not so nerdy, and here we are talking about it again. But I had to bring that up. That was definitely an error on my part. Also, this is kind of an error and omission. Um, I told you that there were some states that were not doing Daylight Savings Time, and I said it was California, Oregon, and Washington. That was just a flat-out misinformation. I uh, didn't mean to say that. Uh, in fact, they're actually moving as like a 
entire time zone to take it out. Because the thing is, with the two states that are actually doing it, uh, Arizona and Hawaii, you know, what do you do if, if the states surrounding you aren't doing it? You're just going to confuse everybody. And I would actually rather have an entire federal policy as opposed to sort of like 50 states doing their own thing, right? Or something kind of in the middle where California, like the western seaboard, just kind of does their own thing, right? But we've got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid of it. Like I said, we just as adults, we just lose so many days because of this weird daylight savings time. And then we all complain and... There you go. And then I wanted to bring up, I talked about my friend Bryant. He's getting his ED. <laughs> if uh, if you're not in education, you might not know what ED is, and you might actually think I was talking about erectile dysfunction, but no, I was actually talking about uh, people in the community college uh, division can typically get their ED in education. It's a doctorate of education in educational leadership. And so individuals that get one of these, like an ED, um, an EDD maybe uh, they're still called doctor they just don't have the PhD which is a doctorate in philosophy it's more of a doctorate in, in education all right? and, uh, and, and attorneys do this too they, they have a jurist doctorate so anytime you ever meet an attorney they do it. they're essentially a doctor in law I believe but again that's why you can email the show tell me what I got wrong tell me what I omitted I'll be happy to clear it up in fact it's part of our show now Welcome to Oops on Topic. On to- Oops, all topics. I keep wanting to say on topic. So anyways, let's move on to some current events before we move on to some weird science and pop culture. And man, did Disney Plus break the internet this week? We knew it was coming, and we still weren't ready for it. Me specifically, I haven't gotten Disney Plus just yet. I'm going to wait until like you know, a couple days, and then, and then we'll kind of see where it's at. Uh, but I feel like I'm already missing things. I saw something from The Mandalorian. It's like there's like a baby Yoda in the Star Wars thing and uh, people um, in the Star Wars universe. And then people are talking about all their favorite shows are on there. And, uh, you know, folks, that sounds great and all, but I'm already behind on like six shows that are on my Fubo or Netflix or whatever. And I got to catch up on those shows first. Walking Dead, for better or worse, is one of my favorite shows on TV. And it hasn't been really been my favorite for like six years. But I'm like seven episodes behind. I'm not going to jump into an entire new, you know, streaming service just because it's brand new because I'm not going to watch it. i got other things to watch. I'm also backed up on Last Week Tonight, Silicon Valley, because I just uh, renewed my HBO now. But man, everyone was talking about Disney Plus a couple days ago. Not me. I'm like, have you guys heard of this thing called Netflix? It's really super cool. Chicago was cold. That's other current events in the uh, no duh category, I guess. But every, but it never, it never gets old, or it never like kind of, like it never becomes normal. You hear like these Chicago people who are born and raised in Chicago, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, it is so cold outside." They never get used to it. You never do. And even the even the Chicago Tribune was like, "It's this cold already." Last year, apparently, was like a super modest winter until the polar vortex, and that was my first winter in Chicago, but now I'm predicting a very cold winter with lots of snow. You know what's bad whenever the snow falls and it just doesn't go away? I'm from southwest Missouri, y'all. Um, snow doesn't stick around very much, but man, apparently here it does. 
they messed with our airport on Veterans Day, if you remember. Like, um, Amer- it was American Eagle via American Airlines. Uh, one of their planes skidded off of the runway, which, oh my god, I'm already just so scared to death of flying, and now you're throwing that into it. And here's another thing. Do you remember what I talked about last week? Mother was in town, and guess where Mother was on her Veterans Day for eight hours at Chicago O'Hare. And she was actually flying on American Eagle. She wasn't on the plane that flew or uh, went off the went off the runway, but she was like, "Hey, the airport I'm in uh, made the made the news." Man, Chicago just does not know what to do with all this coldness. Crazy stuff going on at the airport. Uh, too cold already. People are saying. All right, well, you know, climate change. Oh, here's a here's kind of sad news, and it's a little bit of social utility talking about my life. But poor Frankie isn't doing very great with the uh, cold weather. In fact, he's got a um, he's got a virus. It's called RSV. Um, he's kind of had like a wet cough. He's like, by the way, my, Frankie is my nine month old, and uh, just yesterday, it just didn't didn't seem right. It just you know, when you're around your child so much, you kind of just know when something's wrong. And uh, I said, let's let's call his pediatrician to see if we can get in. And wouldn't you know, they had a they had one like opening. We snuck in. And said, yep, we have he has RSV because his his poor he can't breathe. And so one easy way to re- recognize if, if your child has RSV is that they just are breathing so hard, and you can see their their little chest compressing and stuff. Uh, but they gave him this like steroid. Uh, through a uh, gas mask, and he just immediately fell asleep. And, and my doctor or pediatrician was like, "Yep, that's exactly what that is." And then Jess, my wife, and she's like on these uh, Facebook groups for moms, and she's like, "It's going around. There's other babies that we go that we hang out with that have RSV." There's got to be an RSVP joke in there, right? Anyways, I was going to talk about RSV on uh, the uh, weird science, but it's not really weird science. I woke up one morning this past week and I saw that there was um, a fraternity death at San Diego State. And I call I, I, I emailed Neil. He's kind of like he runs the sh- he runs kind of like the the, the uh, what am I trying to say here? I'm having some lithologica. The studio. Neil's kind of like the studio manager. And I was like, I, it was Tuesday. And I said, I want to talk. I want to talk about banning Greek life on Tuesday. He never got back with me. And I'm kind of glad, too, because it was kind of like a spur-of-the-moment thing. And I thought, you know what, I'll just talk about it in current events, but I'm sorry, folks, but it is time to ban Greek life on all college campuses. This is your friendly neighborhood debate coach saying it. Every, all of them. Sororities, fraternities, uh, honorary sororities and fraternities, gotta go. Alpha, gammas, kappa, alphas, see you later. Sigma pies, bye-bye. There comes a point where you have to weigh the costs and the benefits. And not a month goes by, and I call it, like, Greeks behaving badly. Something bad happens on campuses. And SDSU, I mean, they, they did that. Their school policy now is just they banned or they put a moratorium on all 14 of the fraternities and sororities. But for them. Too little too late, though, Bo. It's called SDSU Bo. Um, too little too late though because we have a death of a student now I'm not saying it's because of any in fact I think the last I heard was that he fell off a bunk yikes uh, but we had that, that Penn State student a couple of uh, couple years ago 
um, USC is like seeing a strange in, in, increase in student deaths. Again, not related to Greek life, but you know, we, you know, we're colleges and universities. We need to make sure that our our students aren't dying, right? Like, like what's going on? We need to protect our students first and foremost. Education has to be a place of uh, of safety, right? Where students can go and they can feel comfortable getting their education and speaking their mind and questioning things, and. Um, and sororities and fraternities, like, I'm sure they they have good intentions, and they'll say that the benefits are, like, networking and stuff, and, uh, I don't know, it looks great on a resume, but what are we getting in costs? Um, no matter no matter what you try to say, they're, they're going to haze. It, it, it's part, and they'll even say it's, like, a, it's part of the, it's part of the history. Like, we haze our, our people. And then they, you know, they swear these vows of secrecy, right? Like, don't tell anybody that we're hazing you. Folks. Even though it's just called hazing, it's still abuse. Don't abuse people. It's like a, it's like a, one of the biggest Buddhist philosophies. Like, don't hurt people, okay? And especially don't hurt people if they're trying to get into your group, right? <clears throat> really, just don't touch anybody, first and foremost. And I think touching is, you know, equals hazing and things like that. And, um, and the reason I got very upset about it happening at SDSU is because I used to teach at SDSU. And you know what? That is a party school. Every weekend, both days, probably even Thursday too, and honestly, probably some Wednesdays, there's parties going on. The sorority row and the fraternity row is right next to the school, and it is just nonstop partying. Um, I would go work out on Sunday mornings because that was when like the gym was like really slow. And one morning, they, they were partying on Sunday morning, and I asked one of my debate students because I was a debate coach at SDSU. I said, "What's going on there?" And they're like, "Oh, that's muffins and mimosas." Oh, really? Sounds to me like breakfast and drinking. So, ban all Greek life, right? Advantages, no deaths, no hazing, uh, better ways of networking, right? Like join a debate program or, you know, join campus activities boards. And the biggest advantage is that you get to focus on your education, right? Ooh, another advantage, you don't have to pay for your friends. Most of these, uh, most of these uh, sororities and universities, or sororities and fraternities, fraternities that's hard to say fast, uh, you have to pay to even join them. Um, I have friends. I don't have to pay them to hang out. All right? And again, if, th- if this rubs you the wrong way, all the more reason for you to email me at the show, oopsawtopics at gmail.com, spelled the way it sounds. I want to hear what you have to say. I will read your email over the air and maybe give you a rebuttal, but there's my stance. I got tons of advantages, and I don't think I have any disadvantages on my side. And now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Oops, impeachment. Oh, we are in full swing now of impeachment. Um, they say that we're going to have a vote on impeachment around Thanksgiving, and the Senate's going to have their vote before Christmas, and so the holidays are going to be real fun this year. Honestly, I don't go to the holiday uh, visits anymore with people that are, like, you know, vibrant Trump supporters. It's one thing to support Trump because you like his Supreme Court picks or you like that he gets, uh, I don't know, he's he's the he's the only man that can clean Washington. But some of the other reasons is, is I don't know, kind of, you know, the, the corruption, you know, the, you know, the racism and uh, xenophobia and things like that and just uh, sexist. But anyways, I keep hear, I keep seeing uh, articles about how um, the one thing that Trump 
has that Richard Nixon didn't have during his impeachment trial is um, is Fox News. Um, Fox News is just simply just saying this is all a big sham. It's all a big circus. Like we we have on television the president admitting the crimes that if a Democrat were to do it, they would lose their pants. Is that the best thing I can say about cussing? Uh, Lose their shiz if the Democrat did it. But since it's Trump, uh, uh, no, the the process stinks. And Fox News is going all in, like, this is a sham, this is a hoax. I mean, and they're they're throwing, like, these decorated Republican military people under the bus. Like this Ed Taylor guy, like, he he was an infantryman in, in Vietnam. Purple Hearts served the country for 50 years, and suddenly he seems to be some sort of deep state liberal operative. I don't know, you're kind of grasping at straws. Speaking of straws, uh, I'm going to have a three count mini right here. A three count mini is whenever I give you a small list in the middle of the show. And my three count mini this week is the three things that you just need to stop arguing about with the Trump impeachment. Number three is the secret sessions. You know why? Because they're on television now. Devin Nunes complaining about the super secret committees a couple weeks ago. That's like complaining that the that uh, the police they separate people so they can't corroborate their crimes. And I tell my students this: like, if what if I caught what if I taught like caught like four or five students cheating? And it was like some sort of like I don't know grand master conspiracy. I'm not going to ask all of them all at once, like, what happened here. They're going to be like, yeah, what he said, yeah, what he said. I'm going to separate the five students, and I'm going to say, okay, what's your story, what's your story, what's your story? So this is a common practice in you know, law and justice, and for some reason, we, we can't do it with uh, because, because we're Democrats, or because the Democrats are in charge. And also, now the sessions are on television. Uh, another another uh, number two here is uh, no crime was committed. So they say that Trump had gave the quid pro quo, but then when he was caught, he released the he released the uh, the aid to Ukraine, and they didn't talk about the investigation of Joe Biden. So <laughs> I heard someone online say, "Well, what if a guy goes into a bank and says, give me all the money,' but then the alarm goes off?" whistle, I guess, so to speak, and then he runs out the door. Does, does that person, is that person not held responsible anymore? Very strange. And last but not least, and this might even be the title of the podcast today, Enough with the Whistleblower. No, I'm saying, I'm sorry, the title is going to be I Am the Whistleblower. Maybe I'll get some traction this week. <laughs> Uh, well, I kind of want it to be sports-related, though, so I don't know. We'll just decide, I guess, at a later time. But I think I'm losing listeners now because I keep talking about the whistleblower so much. But we don't need to know who the whistleblower is. I'm the whistleblower. I heard Trump talk about his crimes on television. It's me, Jason Edgar, Chicago-based. A friend of mine named Joel said uh, it violates the Sixth Amendment. No, it doesn't. We have laws that protect whistleblowers, Right? You get to face your accuser? Sure, but, I mean, if you admit the crime, they don't need the accuser anymore. So there's my three-count mini on impeachment. 
one last thing as this show goes on and, and I'm so happy that I do have this podcast now because I get to have my own little section on impeachment and I'm feel I feel like uh, as the as the months go on I'm gonna get like a super cut of all my oops oops impeachment segments and just get, run them back to back to back and it'll be like a show over the course of like January or February or something just 47 minutes of oops impeachment you can skip that one if you want <laughs> all right but anyways the presenting sponsor for Oops All Topic this week is the Mock Democratic Debate and Primary on Monday, November 18th at 5.30 in room 106C. Watch as members of the Morton College Speech and Debate Program represent leading Democratic candidates, including Andrew Yang, Senator Bernie Sanders, Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Also, and this is huge, members of the local Rock the Vote chapter will be available to register voters. So again, the Mock Democratic Debate and Primary is Monday, November 18th at 5.30 and 106C at Morton College. This is all part of their Civic Engagement Week. And if you listen to this show on Tuesday, the Oops All Replay, you're too late. It's in the past already. Talking about the past in the present. Isn't that weird? For the future! Ah! Anyways... Let's move on to weird science. This is also an omission. Sometimes the omissions uh, uh, are found in the weird science segment. Uh, well, when we were talking about Thanos last week, and if you remember, Thanos' uh, main objective is to uh, is population control. You know, uh, kill half of all living beings in the universe so the environment can kind of like uh, bounce back and repopulate. Sounds great and all. It sounds like a fantastic environmental policy, except, you know, you're murdering half of civilians. Uh, and I said that um, even, like, he has a point when you realize that Earth's natural resources, we use all of Earth's natural resources even before a year is done. Uh, and, and I wanted to bring that up in, uh, in Weird Science. By the way, I probably have some of Frankie's RSV, so pardon me if I'm sniffling a lot today. But anyways, Earth's resources... Uh, humans are using up the planet's resources so quickly that people have used a year's worth in just seven months, experts are warning. And the rate at which we are consuming the Earth's natural resources is still speeding up. This year, the annual date when people have caused a year's worth of ecological damage, we call it now Earth Overshoot Day, comes two days earlier than last year. It fell on August 1st, as calculated by Global Footprint Network, an international research organization that observes humanity's use of materials such as food, timber, fibers, as well as carbon emissions from burning fossil fuels and the environmental damage caused by building infrastructure. So basically, we have trees, we have food, uh, timber, and things like that, and we consume so much that the Earth can only put out X amount of resources per year, and we use that by, what was the date? August 1st? Uh, I don't know about you, but what are we doing from August 2nd to December 31st? Where are we getting those resources, Mars or Venus or the moon? The experts say it means humanity is currently using nature 1.57 times faster than our planet's ecosystem can regenerate. Are you kidding me, human nature? The cost of the ecological overspend includes biodiversity loss, deforestation, soil erosion, collapsing fisheries, freshwater scarcity, and the buildup of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, leading to a vicious circle of climate change and more severe droughts, wildfires, and hurricanes. You know what? Bring on Thanos. <laughs> like, his plan would solve this problem. 
In fact, it's like right in the middle of the year, even August. So even if he does his plan and wipes out half of humans, the other remaining humans are going to still use all of Earth's natural resources within a year. Man, talk about a weird science that bums you out. Anyway. And then another one to piggyback on what we did last week. I talked about how, or maybe it was two weeks ago, we talked about how the brain doesn't realize that impending death is just around the corner and, and I was saying things like well you know that's that, that's that's what uh, that's what the happening is about that's what uh, movies like uh, Bird Box is about and it's our ego that actually protects us from kind of like moving forward because if we just kind of thought about our own demise we would have a hard time kind of getting around and stuff and no I'm not going to talk about free will that's later on in the later on in the months to come uh, but I actually want to talk about robots <laughs> yeah and their will to survive because a couple of uh, scientists have said that all we have to do is give robots one certain thing and then they're going to be just like it's it's Skynet from Terminator anyways robots have no more feelings than a rock submerged in Novocaine there might be a way though to give robots feelings says neuroscientist Kingston Mann and Antonio Damasio simply build the robot with the ability to sense peril to its own existence it would then have to develop feelings to guide the behaviors needed to ensure its own survival Today's robots lack feelings, Man and Damasio write in a new paper in Nature Met, uh, Machine Intelligence. They are not designed to represent the internal state of their operations in a way that would permit them to experience that state in a mental space. So, all you have to do to have robots kind of attack you is give them the will to survive. And I'm sure you've done that before. I remember when I was a kid, I'll never forget this. Like I was playing on a trampoline with like seven other guys. And it was like a dog pile, and I was on the, on the very bottom. And I had like this, I don't know, Hulk strength, and like just lifted all six of them up over my head, not over my head, but I was able to wiggle out because I was like suffocating, man. I had like six large dudes on top of me, and there was no way I could move. And so I just, I had the will to survive. I wiggled out, and boom, I was ready to go. Well, what this author is saying that your toaster doesn't have that. ATM machines don't have that. You know, don't they, like, destroy an ATM machine in Breaking Bad? What if that ATM machine had the will to survive? And it realized that it was being attacked and it could just run away. Apparently, that's the only thing stopping robots from attacking us is the, ma- is the will to survive, is, uh, is absent. Uh, moving along with the article. So, Man and Damasio propose a strategy for imbuing machines with the artificial equivalent of feeling. Can someone tackle these guys? Seriously. Do you want Terminators? Because this is how you get Terminators. At its core, this proposal calls for machines designed to observe the biological principle of homeostasis, one of my favorite words. That's the idea that life must regulate itself to remain within a narrow range of suitable conditions, like keeping temperature and chemical balances within the limit of viability, and intelligent machines' awareness of analogous features of its internal state would amount to robotic versions of feelings. Yeah, and sometimes robots are just dumb, right? Like, why did my toaster this morning burn my toast? If it was like a smart robot, it would be able to not burn my toast, right? So I feel like I've got a long ways to go. But these two guys, they need to calm down. You're giving robots the will to survive? Have you seen those videos of like the Google robots? Once again, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. Direct message me on Instagram or Twitter at TheJedgar. And for those listening in Chicago, be sure to catch the Oops All replay Tuesdays at 4 on 99.1. And I'm happy you're joining us right now. That's awesome. 
How will it work today, Chicago? Also find us on Apple Podcast. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Apple Podcast, that purple app on your phone. Or Podbean. Podbean is how I know people are listening because it shows me how many downloads I've got. Newsflash, not many. <laughs> not like millions, but, you know, double digits, right? I think we, I think we passed 50 a couple days ago. If I name the podcast today, I am the whistleblower, I feel like we're going to blow up. Let's do that. The, 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 the listeners know that my topic is about sports. And let's do that. Let's transition to our pop culture segment. And I'm going to call this, Pass These Sports Policies Now. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I, I just feel like we just nerded out last week. And honestly, the week before. We talked about the zombie toolkit, and then last week we did the Thanos blame game, and I'm, I was just doing the air check, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm such a nerd. I've got to remind my audience that I got that nice, strong, masculine backbone. I, I got a, I got a, I got a good uh, beard too, man. So, anyways, I don't want to get into calling balls and strikes. I don't want to tell you who to start on your fantasy football team. I don't even want to tell you who has more rebounds, LeBron or Michael Jordan. What I want to do is I want to talk about something that kind of intersects sports with my job debate, and I want to talk about certain sports policies that we should pass right now. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to assume the power of fiat, which, again, I guess I'm just substituting one nerd event for another nerd event, but fiat is the ability that I can just magically press the current system to actually enacting my policies, and let's just see what happens, shall we? Also, I want to talk about sports because uh, sports are big time. You know, think about some of the biggest events that happen in America. You've got the Super Bowl. That's like the biggest watched event in the country. Um, you got all the bowl games that college football plays, but also you have the NCAA tournament in March whenever everyone's making brackets. Folks, that CBS month-long bracket tournament is one of the most lucrative, like, deals in, 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 in America, like, in the country. They make so much money. They make like four times as much money as the Super Bowl. And trust me when I say the Super Bowl just makes oodles of money. I mean, the World Series. World Series was awesome this year. The home, the, the, the home team lost every game this year. The NBA Finals. Uh, you know, LeBron being in it nine years in a row. Everyone knows that Michael Jordan was in six NBA Finals. People just know about the NBA Finals. Colleges, like colleges revolve around sports. Like football, people go to schools. I was just talking about SDSU every Saturday. Awesome. SDSU versus Nevada. Or let's say I'm from an SEC school. I graduated from the University of Arkansas. SEC football, huge. Like these, they, they call them towns and gowns because these colleges prop up these entire, you know, areas like schools like Tuscaloosa. Do you think Tuscaloosa would be anything without Alabama football? And then all the drafts. You don't hear a lot about the baseball draft unless you're really into the a, a base head, so to speak. But the NBA draft, the NFL draft, these are huge events, and they're big money. They're big money makers for the organizations as well. Like they don't have to uh, televise the draft, or they could just do it all in one day. But they choose to spend, do it over the span of four days. And I don't know who's watching those day three and day four NFL drafts. Like you're looking at your third and fourth and fifth draft picks. Like, do you even know who these linemen are? But also in communication, there's uh, there's sports in all aspects of communication. You have Sports Center, which is surveillance. 
And when you sit down and watch the news tonight, what are they going to talk about? They're going to talk about the news, the weather, and sports. Like tonight, if we watch Chicago news, you know they're going to talk about um, they're going to talk about the uh, the Bulls and uh, maybe w- whether we should bench Trubisky or not. That's part of a 22-minute news broadcast. What about information, documentaries? I love a good sports documentary. I saw that Ric Flair documentary. It's a famous professional wrestler a couple years ago, or a couple months ago. And uh, the Andre the Giant one, I guess I only watch them whenever they're professional wrestlers. But man, a good documentary about sports, love it. But what about social utility? What about like how the players really feel and how they interact? Well, that's Hard Knocks on HBO. Whenever they follow uh, a football team around for like uh, during a uh, preseason. And then just the game itself, you have entertainment. The World Series, the NBA Finals, any game. Like week 10 of the NFL, we're already talking about, oh, who's going to win between the, you know, the Patriots and the Jets? I'm not sure who the matchups are this week. But it really doesn't matter because we're talking about sports policies. But anyways, I've done enough talking about why sports are important and why sports are good for communication and uses and gratifications. So now I want to talk about, let's see here, I got three, six, nine things that I think the, the, the top five or six sports should do. And I'm not, I, I don't want this show to just be like a list every time with pop culture. So I'm not even going to label these. I'm just going to go through them by sport. And the one sport I don't know a lot about, but I'm going to talk about right now is, uh, is hockey. And here's the first, uh, here's the first policy that we should pass. Make it a bigger net. That's right, hockey. Make your net bigger. Because right now, a full-grown walrus could be like a, an all-star goalie. And those goalies, they wear such big pads. And I know one of the reasons for that is, is because they just turn into a billboard in front of the, in front of the net. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, Jason, they, they made the net you know, bigger a couple years ago. I don't know, but I think they should make it bigger. Make that goalie work for it. You make that net bigger, they're going to make their pads smaller so they can get around a little bit more. This would increase scoring, and we all know scoring is huge. That's the reason why people don't like soccer. You don't think I want to spend 90 minutes to watch a scoreless tie? I'm sorry, but I want to watch eight or nine different touchdowns. I think this would make it way more entertaining. And shootouts, I think shootouts would be a lot more cool, right? If you had a, a bigger goal, a bigger goal. Or what about this? Maybe like we can augment it a little bit, have a bigger net, but also have like a small portion like for two points. You know, maybe there's like a little pocket in the net where if you get it in that pocket, it's like two points, right? But because otherwise, what has hockey done? to make itself better over the past few years. Right? They have these outside games. I don't know about you, but it kind of looks like the exact same game. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. I'm not much of a hockey guy. I want to be a hockey guy. Now that maybe I've moved to Chicago, maybe I'll turn into one. I do want to go to a Blackhawks game this year, and I want I want Frankie to play hockey. Is he going to be able to play hockey if I've never played hockey before? Like, Is there like... The people he's going to be playing against are like legacy sport or hockey players. Like I don't want my son to be going up against Stan Nikita Jr. or anything like that. All right, let's go into baseball. Abolish the de- designated hitter. I'm so tired of it. I talk about it in my speech class actually, on appealing to novelty and appealing to tradition. But if you ask me, gotta go. No, I'm sorry. 
I don't want to abolish the designated hitter. I want to I want to make the designated hitter a thing. I'm sorry. And, and that would only happen to the National League because they're the ones that are hanging on to this archaic notion that the pitcher hits, right? No, Babe Ruth did it. It was that was 1914. It's 2019. It's literally a hundred years later. And baseball is like this. That's why baseball just feels dusty to me. It's just boring. And and one thing that you could do to make baseball just a little bit better is that the other half of baseball plays the designated hitter, right? Because right now it's just a huge quagmire, especially with interleague play. Like, oh, who's the home team? We have to figure out if we have a designated hitter or not. This just messes up everything, right? Because For starters... The American League, who does have a designated hitter, if they play a National League team, the pitcher has to hit. So, who's it? Who, Verlander. Verlander doesn't know how to hit because he's in the American League. He doesn't have to. He's a, The designated hitter does that job for him. But when they go play the Cincinnati Reds, uh, hey, put a helmet on, Verlander, in a league play. You're pitching or you're hitting now. And then guess what's going to happen? It's going to be a dead zone in the uh, lineup. Easy out. That's what they used to say to me. Oh, the pitchers could bunt. Give me a break. You think the ladies like bunting? Or the fellas? No way. They want to see home runs. They want to see a game. They want to see a guy named Batista get up there and just slam a home run, and then go back and sit down because he doesn't know how to play defense. <laughs> okay, let's look at the National League. Who already has it? Unless their name's Madison Bumgarner, and that was only like four or five years ago, you're not a good hitter. I saw Strasburg this year, one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he's sitting up there pretending like he wants to bunt. Like, it just looks silly. Now, why does this happen? Well, with the advent of baseball and, like, rotations and things like that, even an ideal pitcher like Steven Strasburg is only going to pitch once out of every five games. So why work on your hitting if you're, only, if you're not even going to play that game? They're not going to say, oh, man, I mean, Strasburg isn't pitching, but, man, let's have him hit. And so over time, pitchers are like, why would I focus on pitching? I'm sorry, why would I focus on hitting if I'm never going to hit or I'm only pitching like once every five games? makes no sense. I'm just going to focus on the pitching. Sitting here shaking my head. And don't tell me that that, that, uh, that baseball doesn't change. Like, they, they've increased instant replay and uh, even the baseball players are starting to do defensive shifts in the in the field. This is a, this is so easy to pass. Fiat right there, boom. Pitchers can't hit. Have a designated hitter. Slam some home runs. I want a bunt. Shut up. Okay. Let's move on to basketball. Basketball has a huge deal right now. Has a huge issue. I'm sorry if you're listening, Julian. But what is, what is going on with load management? It's it's literally game three or four, and Kawhi Leonard is already saying, "Uh, I I, I don't want to play." I mean, what if what if that was like Frankie's favorite basketball player, and he's going to play the Bulls on Friday night? We got tickets, cost me an arm and a leg, and I get there and they're like, uh, "Kawhi Leonard's not playing tonight." Uh, load management. Like, this is something where the, the current system isn't going to be able to fix itself. Because he'll come back and play certain games and they'll win and things like that. And even if they, like, 
what do you lose out on if you do load, load management? You might not get the number one seed, but you know the Warriors already show that you don't need the number one seed to, to win the whole thing. You have to be healthy during the postseason. So why wear yourself out unless you're trying to you know get stats? And LeBron's doing this too. All the all the good basketball players is going to be a common trend. Right? But if I already with collective bargaining got together and say, hey, man, why are we, like, going after each other real hard? Like, we're all making money. Let's just play finesse. And at the point where that's a thing, I just tune out. Because, I mean, how do I know you're going to play? It's the same reason I don't watch college football. Because my alma mater, Arkansas, is terrible. They're not going to get the best players because, our, our, I'm sorry, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, they get all the best players. So it's like, I don't even want to watch. Like, Saturdays are my day to, like, get stuff done because all my other friends are watching college football, and then I watch football on Sunday. The NFL doesn't have this load management issue because they have 18 games. I don't know. I don't know what to do about basketball and load management. If you're just joining us, like I said, I'm talking about the best sports policies that we should pass right now. I started off with uh, the bigger net in hockey. Um, actually uh, abolishing the pitcher hitting in baseball, just adding the DH overall, and then load management. We're going through the uh, sports right now, and I guess we're, uh, we're on the, the bottle has stopped on basketball right now. And let's talk about the draft. This, so if you don't know about how the NBA drafts their players, they are so worried about tanking. And tanking is whenever you're like, oh, there's a great player on the horizon, let's tank and let's get a great uh, draft pick. So the way that they alleviate this in the NBA is that if you have a terrible record, you have a better percentage to get the number one seed, but you don't necessarily get that number one pick. So like, let's say that your record is like the seventh worst, you might have like a 5% chance, but if it's like the very worst, you have like a 40% chance, and the way that they pick who gets what is with a draft lottery. They even, they even uh, televise this, and it's like, really people, like, do you not have anything else to do? You're watching a show on who gets to pick first. It's like watching people pick dodgeball, right? I would always get picked last. And so since it's, since it's a lottery, you have one of my favorite terms, an inadvertent virtue of randomness. Someone's hands is going to go in there and just pick it. and like, Oh, the Pelicans get the number one seed. Or the Pelicans get the number one pick. And they pick Zion Williamson. So a lot of it goes into simply this person putting their hand into the jar. And I just feel like tanking is overblown. Um, there were rumblings that the Miami Dolphins were tanking this year, and then they won a few games, and it's because that they're athletes. You know, that like they have stipulations in their contract where if they don't meet them, they will, they'll, like, they'll like lose money or they'll like lose bonuses, and I feel like the NBA is the same way. These are grown men. They don't want to lose. I hate losing. We had one of the best uh, performances of Morton College debate ever at Harper College. We, we advanced two people. Again, it's a two-year-old program. But even then, I was more frustrated with the losses that we had. I'm not going to tank. Well, there's no reason for me to tank because I guess debate programs don't have you know, draft lotteries and things like that. But I don't like losing. And I'm sure that these basketball players don't like losing either. And so I can't imagine an entire team get together and say, okay, everybody, let's, look, let's lose so we can get a better spot. So what I'm saying is, I think tanking is overblown. I don't think, actually, teams do it. And then, because there is a lottery, you open up yourself uh, up, to, up to conspiracy. 
Um, I don't know all the details, but there's a conspiracy that whenever the New York Knicks got the number one seed and got Patrick Ewing, the number one pick, they froze the envelope that said New York Knicks, and so whoever put their hand in there, all, all they had to do was like fill for the really cold envelope, and then boom, there you go. I mean, how, how do you prove that? It was like in the 80s. Now, with my policy, you're the worst team, you get the number one pick. This is what the NFL does. And uh, and even then, you're not guaranteed anything with the number one pick, right? Like the Cleveland Browns got Baker Mayfield, and they're like three and six or something. They might be better later on, but it's not like this magical unicorn, right? I think what the Patriots have done, they're kind of like a current dynasty, is that they they're terrible at drafting. They they just they draft player or they don't draft. They trade for for better players that are already seasoned. Okay, I'll talk a little bit about college football. And I know that they expanded the college playoff like four or five years ago. I want to do it one more time. Eight teams. College football playoff. You know, why not? Here's what you do. You have six ball games. You get your cotton, your sugar, your fiesta, your blah, 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 the six best ones, right? And then you, you bracket those in like a quarterfinal, semifinal, final tournament, and you just simply call the national championship the national championship or the you know the college bowl series or whatever they call it right now. No other sport does what they do, aside from like just having a semifinal, have like these bowls. Like you don't see football like, oh yeah, let's see the Bengals play the Texans for the Texas Bowl or anything like that. Every other sport has a has a um, has a tournament. Even Division Two football. Division two football, same sport, different division, has a tournament. Volleyball, baseball, basketball, everyone has a tournament except for dinky old college football who has a semifinal. And since they've had it, it's only been Alabama and Clemson. So you give them another game where they can mess it up or another team can sneak in. Because right now with four, it's simply not enough. Every year there's going to be a number five or six team that's like, I should get in. If you have a quarterfinal... You take it on the 19 to go kick rocks down the road. There, still, there will still be a such thing as quality losses. And I think you, you, I think you still have to do more conference play. I don't feel like you should have a lot of like uh, cupcakes, you know. Uh, do so much more division play. And then, you know, award people for having really strong teams on their schedule. And they may do this already, but I'm just saying expand the college playoff. It's in the, uh, it's during the se- during the um, the winter session, anyways. So you're not going to miss any, you're not going to miss any schools. The week before Christmas, the week after Christmas, and then the week of the first week of the year. There, like there's there's your three weeks. You don't even have to do them like three days after three days. I need to hurry up. The final four here, no pun intended, uh, are all going to be abolishing things talking about my list of uh, policies and sports that I would pass right now. And it looks like we're going to go to... There's a couple that are overall, but I want to go to football right now. NFL. Abolish the kickoff. No need. There's no need for a kickoff. Maybe when they had it like a couple... or uh, 40 years ago, whenever the kickers could only kick like 30 yards, maybe it meant something. But right now, like everyone just kicks it past the end zone and it starts, st- starts at the 20 anyways. But... Whenever they do decide to run it, 
Like, like seriously, you have grown monsters running dead speed right into each other. Like, that's just a recipe for CTE, the uh, the disease that, that people get from getting micro-concussions in football. And that's their, that's their big issue right now. They have, a, they have CTE as a... As a as a significant harm in playing in the NFL, and it's just not going away. And you'll still probably have CTE because you have linemen lining up against each other and tackling and things like that. But for Pete's sake, abolish the abolish the kickoff. Like it's one of thirteen plays every time. So what that means is you're just going to have more plays. I'm not sure what you put in instead of it. Maybe like a punter, or every team just has to start with twenty. That could that could increase strategy, I think. It's unnecessary. It's so archaic. And like you just come from back from a commercial break, the kicker kicks it, the the the, the receiver catches it and takes a knee, and then it's like, oh, another commercial. What 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 are, what are we doing here? I just saw someone kick it and catch it. Now we're back to commercials. And last but not least, just simply injuries. There's going to be so many injuries. From these, just stop doing it. And you won't see those injuries. Speaking of uh, injuries, abolish the preseason for football. Again, unnecessary. Have scrimmages. You already have scrimmages, anyways. Just have two or three glorified scrimmages and just start week one. Maybe 10, 20 years ago, we needed extra four games, but I mean the Rams they they rest all their players and. Like and, and they they went to the Super Bowl last year. I can't say they're going to do it this year. They have a, they have a girly situation uh, at running back. But um, preseason games are just unwatchable, especially that fourth game when it's like third and fourth string. People will say, "Well, you need these games to see who's going to do great and who's not." Like, no, you don't. You have practice for that. You have scrimmages for that. You don't need a live game. I can't imagine they're money makers either. They're probably making some coin. Like Jerry Jones probably makes some money having a preseason game, but I'm sure it's small potatoes for him. Add, add maybe two games, but then again, I think 16 are, is already great. And when injuries occur in the um, in the preseason, like what a what a what a wet sock, right? Just what a just a wet blanket on your season. Preseason, meaningless preseason game, and your all-star defensive end, like, I don't know, twists his ankle or something. Season's over. You can't rush the quarterback anymore. Abolish that damn preseason. All right, the final two. This is going to go for every sport. A policy that every sport could do. I got, looks like, four minutes left here. I'm going to do all four. I'm 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 going to go all the way. The first one is going to be abolishing Native American mascots. Now, I'm not, like, you know, protesting at a Washington Redskins game or anything like that. I'm just saying, much like the previous two or three policies, they're unnecessary. At the point where there are, there is a sensitivity issue in 2019 with Native American mascots, I think it's time we change it. Now, I've done the research with the Washington Redskins, like, and who's offended by it, and it is only 10% of Indian, uh, Indian, I'm sorry, Native Americans, I'm being offensive myself right now, but that's enough, right? And they say, that's oh, a slippery slope, well, you know, what if people are offended by the Patriot? They're not. I mean, we, 
first off, you just said what about. That's a what about-ism, so it's a red herring, invalid reasoning. But also, there's no other, there's no other things like this. You know, we don't have, like, the Toronto N-words, or we don't have, like, the uh, the New Mexico, like, sticks, right? Like, if I'm just using an example. I'm not trying to be hateful over the air. I'm just saying, like, redskins, that's just like saying the N-word. That's just like saying the R-word for, like, slowly disabled, for disabled people. Just like people of disability. Jeez. Such a touchy subject, and this is the reason why it needs to go away, right? You don't need them. Well, what would you change them to? Have the fans vote on what they want. I think if you change their name to the Honey Badgers, I think that's great. Honey Badgers are awesome. And like with word science, we're coming up with new and fun animals all the time. And also, use, use one that's not being used. But Wildcats is a, is a fantastic uh, mascot, and there's not a mascot in the NFL. All right, with two minutes left, I'm going to tell you the number one policy that we should do in all sports. Are you ready? Abolish coaches. How awesome would that be? Abolish coaches. You didn't want to abolish yourself because you're a debate coach? Yeah, but the tournaments. Because uh, you would still have coaches in between, like, you know, practices and things like that. But at the games, you don't need coaches. You just don't. What are they doing? They're unnecessary. Uh, you can put them in the booth, I guess. Uh, you can, and also you can have them in the locker rooms, I guess. Like, so everyone could have like your coaches at halftime to like have some changes and stuff. Even I do that after the debate round. I was like, all right, what do, what do we do? What do well? What happened well? Or what worked and things like that? And let's see if we can increase that. But ultimately, just let the athletes figure it out. Let the athletes figure out how to win the game, right? And it's not like the other team has a coach. I said about us all coaches. So if it's like the Colts versus the Texans, neither team has a coach. So let's see who wins. Coach, uh, coaches don't serve much of a purpose in baseball, really. Like it's the GM that really that really uh, runs the show there. Football is kind of important, but again, let the let the players decide. Basketball, I could be a basketball coach. Hey, LeBron, you're starting. Put the ball in the hoop. <laughs> Not that hard. All right, abolish those darn coaches. We've got 21 seconds left. I'm going to give you some ending show plugs. Uh, Oops All Topics is broadcast to you live on 99.1 FM, WZQC, The Q. You can also listen to Morton College Radio on the TuneIn app. Email the show at oopsalltopics at gmail.com. Follow or direct message me on Twitter and Instagram at TheJedger. Follow, share, and download the podcast at oopsalltopics.podbeat.com. And finally, subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts.